Good evening. Welcome to the F1 Stop Show. I'm your host, Sam Oni, and with me is Brett Spearman. This is episode 11. Wes, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I had a, quite a busy week and obviously trying to, I mean, for the viewers and listeners won't know, it started about 40 minutes late trying to <laughs> run with different meetings basically trying to record them but since because zoom's introduced this 40 minute limit for even just one-to-one calls now which is really annoying <laughs> so we've been trying to faff around with teams trying to get out to it but yeah we're back on zoom but yeah it's, it's all good now how are you yeah i'm good thank you i mean same here finding out that zoom is now putting a 40 minute limit with two people is rather rather annoying but anyway let's get into it so we had the first ever Miami Grand Prix last weekend on Sunday. And uh, when I ask you how do you rate the race, I, I, I wonder what your, what your thoughts would be. But before that, Max Verstappen got his third win of the season, winning the very first race in Florida for Red Bull. What do you make of his performance? Another class race from Verstappen, really. I mean overtook Leclerc quite a good move actually um on lap nine he went was it round the outside and on the right hand and then to maintain that lead going into the left hand and once he did that it was pretty much curtains for for Leclerc he Verstappen just sailed off into the distance which it just goes to show what what that Red Bull engine can do when it actually works I mean Verstappen's won every race he's finished including that sprint race so yeah it looks like at least for now, anyway, Red Bull have, have seemed to have got their act together with the engine. I know he had reliability issues earlier on in the weekend, but when it matters, that that Red Bull um, engine sort of proved its worth. And yeah, it's is I wouldn't say is the title fight really almost what he needs because it is only what five races, five races in this, four races. I can't remember now. But yeah, there's still loads of time left in the season, of course. But yeah, it just goes to show that if Verstappen and the engine don't make any mistakes if the engine's reliable then they are a serious serious contender for the back-to-back world uh, world drivers titles and obviously red bull will be wanting that constructor they haven't had that since what well, must be 2013 at least if not a year if not 2012 um but yeah all, all in all a, a pretty solid weekend for for verstappen for red bull verstappen in particular and perez got fourth in the end so over, overall a, a pretty good result for red bull Indeed. And um, Ferrari, pretty good so far, if to summarise their season. But uh, good to see Carlos Sainz on the podium again, third place. Oh, I think very... the Spaniard will be very happy with his uh, result, given his last couple races in Australia and Imola. Yeah, I was going to come on to that. Yeah, it's, it's great to see science back on the podium almost where he belongs really in in that ferrari car with, with the pace it's got this year and obviously off the back of two i think it's yeah two dnfs at the imola and um australia yeah he, he would have really wanted that podium is whether he would be disappointed he didn't get second place or even a race win but a podium is a podium at, at the end of the day for for science and yeah, off the back of a couple poor weekends um yeah that that, that podium will, will mean a lot to him in ferrari Mm, indeed. So um, today's episode, uh, the magic number, if you like, 
for today is 19. 19 being the points difference between Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen after the Dutchman's win, cutting the Monegasque driver's lead to 19 points, as said. So Verstappen is on 85 points and Charles Leclerc is on 104. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good from the from the Dutchman. I mean, even this early on in the season, there is already a little bit of a gap sort of forming, even just between the top two and pretty much everyone else below, really, because, as you said, Leclerc on 104 points in, in first, Verstappen second on 85, then there's another, well, I think another 19-point gap, if my maths is correct. Probably isn't, but um, <laughs> Perez on 66 points. George Russell in fourth with 59 points. Mr. Consistent this year is... It's George Russell, and then obviously Carlos Sainz after that with 53, and then there's another bit of a gap um, to Lewis Hamilton on 36, who's actually jumped Lando Norris, and he's now one point ahead of Norris, where I think it was pretty much the opposite um, last time out. So yeah, he is already the top two, putting a, a bit of a gap between them and pretty much the other 18 drivers, really. But, but there are you do see some interesting... I suppose battles, I mean, Perez and Russell and Sainz as well, to an extent, battling for that third position already. You've got Hamilton and Norris separated by one point, where you've got 6th, 7th and 8th separated by 6 points. You've got 6th to ninth separated by 12 points, which in the midfield is is quite close. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to see that, that the gaps between the drivers are relatively close. I mean, I can't remember what it, what it was uh, like last year round, for example, but... Yeah, it's looking like with these new regulations and these new cars that it has made racing a bit better and teams are having more battles on track and yeah, which obviously goes to show given the <laughs> the, the well, what I think anyway is, is, is quite close between especially the midfield um, that sort of six yeah. and below really it goes to show that, that, that the gaps are smaller and yeah hopefully the well I think anyway that, that the cars this year are better for racing, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to go and see compared to some of the some of the other tracks. I'm trying to think of boring, someone like France, for example, if if that's going to be a boring race, or I mean, Monaco probably will be just because the cars this year are, <laughs> are even bigger, so it'll be even more difficult to overtake around uh, Monaco. Um, but yeah, like tracks like France, um, Spain, those typical dull tracks where. Yeah, they're they're all right tracks, but you don't really get great racing. Um, it'll be those sort of tracks where once we go through, I think Spain is coming up relatively soon, and the France maybe like June, July sort of time. Can't remember now, but it'll be when we go to those tracks. And if one of them is an absolute belter, then we can say that yeah, these cars, <laughs> these cars really have improved, have improved racing and and enter- entertainment for the fans as well. Yeah. So and um, during the race. Lando Norris, well, well, the race itself, it was pretty much plain sailing, shall we say, for Max Verstappen. You know, nothing nothing really happened in Miami, despite all the hype we were getting, months leading towards it. But uh, towards the latter stages of the race, lap 41, McLaren's Lando Norris and Pierre Gasly of AlphaTauri, they came together, resulting in the British driver Norris spinning out and losing, uh, I believe, his front 
right wing uh, tire. Sorry, yeah, it was one of his tire. I think Gasly he he ran wide in in a couple of the corners and went actually quite slowly. And whether he realised Norris or or whether he didn't realise rather that Norris wasn't curling up on the inside or Norris didn't realise that Gasly was pulling back onto the racing line. I'm not too sure. I'm mm. more inclined perhaps to say. Gasly's fault than Norris. I think Norris was just minding his business, and then Gasly sort of just cut across a bit. That's that's how I see it, anyway. But yeah, a bit of a shame considering. Can't remember where Norris was running at the time, but I think it was in the points. And yeah, it's it's just a bit of a shame, really. But it, it happens, I suppose, on a on a street circuit, but it does tend to be a bit narrower than an actual circuit. Of course, you got the walls there, so you got to have a full safety car for a few laps rather than just a VSC, which. I suppose it made the race a bit more interesting. I suppose just shook things up a little bit, uh, as as usually happens with a safety car. Um, yeah, personally, I'd go sort of like seventy-five, twenty-five, Gasly Norris. I think in, in terms of who's who was at fault for that. Well, the way I see it, I thought Gasly was going on going on the outside as he was before, and maybe he didn't. I think he saw it maybe too late seeing where the noise was coming from. I mean, that's how I see it. I don't think it was Gasly's fault, per se, but it was just unfortunate for Lando Norris to have spun and his tyre going off. So, um, yeah, we, we see that in racing a lot, and I'm sure the drivers learn from it and, you know, try and improve on to the next race. And uh, that wasn't the only crash or collision coming together that we had in Miami. We also had uh, Mick Schumacher and the Haas coming together with Sebastian Vettel in the Aston Martin. Um, yeah, those two, they have quite the relationship off the track, but on the track, they came together and, yeah, it just wasn't great for either yeah. driver. And as you said, the relationship that Seb and Mick have, it's... It's not necessarily a, a father-son relationship because Seb's far too young to be <laughs> to be mixed dad. But it's that sort of mental mentee sort of role with yeah. Well, Seb sort of is helping Mick around more than anything. Um, but yeah, when it comes on to the racetrack and you're battling for what what would have been Mick Schumacher's first points in Formula One. Wow, he probably deserves points. He's drove he's drove all right, um, especially last season. Um, in that complete dog of a Haas car he's been a bit a little bit played sort of second fiddle to Kevin Magnussen so far this year Magnussen's brought him points on at least a couple of occasions maybe three um whereas Mick is obviously yet to get off the mark um see I'm, I'm not too sure what, what really happened because it looked like Vettel was Vettel turned in I, I wouldn't say early Vettel going sort of trying to go around the outside I think and Mick just sort of went straight on, didn't really turn into the corner. Mm. Obviously aiming for a slightly different line, given their different positions on the track. Yeah, I think Mick said on the radio something like you know, it, it was his corner, but I think Vettel was I think, sufficiently alongside that Mick should have gave him the space. And I think at that point there were still a few laps to go, like four or five laps to go. So maybe Mick could have had another opportunity on the penultimate lap or something to, to get Vettel back. Who knows? But yeah, it's, it is a bit of a shame, but I think that's a bit of inexperience from Mick Schumacher dealing with that sort of situation because yeah you, you really want your first points is, is 
yes, it is ninth position at the end of the day, but to get your first points in F1 is 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 quite a monumentous achievement, I suppose. Especially if you're in a Haas car, which is typically vying for P19, let alone P9. Yeah, but I think it's it's just inexperience on on Mick's part that that happened. I think Vettel was just doing what 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 he did looking for that racing line going for the overtake which i mean who wouldn't do that you, you are a racing driver um but yeah i'll, I'll probably go it's again it, it's slightly more mixed fault than vettel's on that but I'm, I'm putting that one down to an experience i think yeah and um so then mercedes from the start of the season well their season so far hasn't been great and it's still not great the question is will it well, will it be great? That's the question. Will their season be great? And uh, I feel I'm just repeating myself with the word, with the word great. Great! <laughs> right, George Russell, P5. Still the first driver this season to finish in the top five of every race that he has taken part in. Consistency. That's how you describe George Russell. Consistency. He yeah, just keeps getting better and better. Now just I mean, need to add a, a few more podiums to it. Yeah, it would Preferably be nice. <laughs> Preferably, yeah. It would yeah. be nice for him to get a podium at, at some point this season and for him to get a, a, a race win as well. Oh, I just made it full screen. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he started, what, P12, I think, in, in qualifying. Quite low down. So yeah, for him to get back up to fifth place and overtake Lewis Hamilton, who started in sixth, finished in sixth, is, is brilliant and just go to show that whether Hamilton's struggling with the car, I'm not too sure. Um, but Hamilton's performances certainly aren't as, well, first of all, consistent as as Russell, as we mentioned, is the only driver so far to finish in all finish in, in the top five for all four five races. However many have gone now, yeah, it's cer- certainly signs of improvement for Mercedes to finish fifth and sixth for double point scoring uh, race uh, for them. Um, I think they did come into the weekend with an improved front win I think um, sort of try and get rid of as, as much of the porpoising as possible there's obviously something still isn't quite right with the car hence why they're challenging for, for fifth and sixth and not first and second um, but yeah it's certainly signs of improvement for Mercedes and so is Hamilton in particular off, off the back of certainly last weekend uh, or last race rather yeah George Russell I mean what a start he's having to to his first full season in, in a Mercedes car and Yes, it's not war where Mercedes would want to be battling for for almost best of the rest, if you like. But certainly where they were, as you said, at the start of the season in, in those first two rounds and in testing as well, the improvement they've shown over what four or five races. I can't I seriously can't remember how many races there have been. Now. I think it's five. Hey, it's it's positive signs for Mercedes and Mercedes fans. Maybe they they can be on for. A race win, or, or at the very least, challenging for the podium sooner rather than later. However, the question still remains with 18 races to go, if my maths is correct. Will Mercedes win a race this season? That's the question. And above, and the following question who will win it? Will it be George Russell or will it be Lewis Hamilton? That's what we want to hear. That's what we want. <laughs> Because if Mercedes go the whole 23 races without a win, that's probably going to be the biggest 
racing L that we witnessed. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. a pretty weird for it. <laughs> I still think yeah, Mercedes. That's... I still think Mercedes will win a win a race this year. Don't know where. Don't know who. I, at the moment, I'd probably have to say Russell over Hamilton. Yeah, um, but yeah, they they just have to surely with all the money and experience and the amount of mechanics and engineers Mercedes have got, surely they must figure out why their car isn't as quick as Ferrari and Red Bull. I mean, if it takes yeah. till Abu Dhabi or Brazil to, for them to figure it out, then I, I doubt it will be. I mean, I said over the last two weeks, if I reckon it will be around that, that summer break when, when they get their first one, either just before or, or just after. Um, but yeah, whether, whether that'll be too late for them to be uh, still in the fight for the constructors' title, I think to some extent it, it already is. Um, yeah, it just depends what the what the engineers and all the well, you're basically engineers really over the place in Brackley and wherever their bases in Germany can can just figure out these issues. Whether it's the engine, whether it's the aero, I'm not too mm. sure. Whether Mercedes are. Um, well, they might not be. That's why they're still battling for the fifth place. Um, yeah, I, I still think they'll they'll get a race win. I mean, they're not eight times constructors champions for no reason. Um, yeah, I, I still think around around that summer break they'll they'll get their first win. I mean, I did say a few episodes back that they should. I did say a few episodes back that um, at least if by Silverstone. Mercedes don't have a race win, then I'm, you know, not gonna not gonna watch F1 again this season. I think I did say that. Um, but uh anyway, there's there's still hope. There's still hope, still believing, still believing. So um predictions then. Let's see. How how did we do for predictions? I think we both went for Stappen for the race win, so we also got a point there. Um that's true. I can't, I can't remember. That's good I think I guessed Perez for pole and he got fourth. So not a, not a great prediction for me there. Um, you went for Stappen for pole. And I can't remember how close it was between him and Leclerc. Really not far at all. It was less, less than a tenth of a second between the two of them. So all so close, so close to another point for pole position. And drive of the day, I can't remember who got driver of the day actually. I think Verstappen got driver today. Oh, I would have thought so. Yeah, I mean, we predicted you predicted Bottas, who I think yeah. went backwards in the race, started in fifth, went uh, back down to seventh, um, and I predicted Daniel Ricciardo, who I don't remember seeing at all <laughs> during the race. <laughs> to be honest, where did he start? Started fourteenth and finished thirteenth. So another another poor weekend for Ricciardo, really. Um, yeah, I would have hoped he. he would at least be scoring points in the McLaren, even if it is just one or two, literally. Yeah, I mean, McLaren are sort of jumping up and down at the moment in, in the Grand Prix. Like, um, race before Miami, they were doing pretty well, I think. Was it Norris got a podium in Imola again? Um, Ricardo, I think he DNF Ricardo that race, but I think in Australia they were both pretty good. Um, and then he obviously this time round. No points for Ricardo and a, and a DNF for Lando, so it's up, up and down times for <laughs> for being a McLaren fan at the moment. And lastly, let's wrap it up with the drivers' standings and the constructors, shall we? So I've got the constructors right here. 
the top two are separated by six points. That's how close it is with Ferrari out in front, 157 points, Red Bull, 151 points. And then you've got Mercedes in third, McLaren fourth, Alfa Romeo, pretty good, pretty good fifth place. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, yes, 30 out of the 31 points have come from Valtteri Bottas, but when you consider they were probably the second worst car on the grid last year, to be in fifth place at the moment is is a hell of an achievement from Alfa I mean, they're beating Alpine, they're beating Alfa Tauri and Aston Martin, all of whom, and Aston Martin didn't have a, a great year last year, but Alfa Tauri and Alpine were certainly mixing it up in, in the midfield. So yeah, for Alfa Romeo to be beating those teams, yeah, they're only five points ahead of Alpine, but at this at this stage of the season, for them to be fifth is, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great achievement. And uh, as for the drivers, we've already spoken about the top two with, <clears throat> sorry, we've already spoken about the top two with Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen being separated by 19 points. Just looking at it, we've said it before, but Hamilton, Norris, Bottas, Ocon, 12 points between them, the difference. That's pretty tight. It's very tight, as as we've mentioned. And I think as the season goes on, it's going to get even tighter. I think it, because if you compare it between last season and this season, the thing about last season, it was all very spread out. Teams were on different levels. There were teams who were overperforming. McLaren, teams were underperforming. I don't know, let's say Alpine or AlphaTauri, but it's kind of different this time. And that's what we've like that's what we like to see. And the regulations, new regulations, they've played a very big part. Yeah, I think I mean we we said earlier just how close that sort of midfield is at the moment. Um I think that's already showing in in those points differences. I mean Hamilton's one point ahead of Norris and the McLaren who's five points ahead of Bottas. Um, who's six points ahead of Ocon and then there is a bit of a gap between Ocon and Magnussen between ninth and 10th but even just below that you've got Magnussen on 15 Ricardo on 11 Sonoda on 10 and for the points positions that, that those three are going to be challenging for those sort of 8th, ninth, and 10th just a, a couple if someone has a, a good couple of races and gets I can't remember how many points you get for, for eight, no, three, four points if someone picks up six to eight points, then one of the other drivers only scrapes a, a point or two or fails to score, then that they could leapfrog one of the other two drivers in, in that driver's championship. So it is certainly close towards more sort of the back, well, the middle of the midfield, really. <laughs> the middle of the pack, sort of eighth to twelfth, if you like, in, in, in the race. It's is, and certainly in the uh, driver's uh, championship as well, is where it gets close and you could see drivers leapfrogging of a drive sort of every race or two really but um yeah there are only two drivers still not to get off the marking point three if you include Nico Hulkenberg who they walked two races I think at the start of the season Mick Schumacher still yet to get off the mark in in F1 same with Nicholas Latifi and if Schumacher played it a bit more sensibly this weekend then arguably he could have had his first point but I think it will come this year it, it has to with the pace that Haas have got yeah they're not I suppose at the top of the midfield or middle of the midfield, really, but 
they've got a much better car than last year and I think Magnussen has already proved that so I don't think it'll be too long until until Schumacher picks up his first points Latifi on the other hand I'm not too sure <laughs> but then considering what, what Alex Albon has done I mean a ninth place at Miami off the back of I think an 11th in Imola and a 10th in Australia it's, okay, it's those sort of lower point scoring positions that, that I just talked about where it, it could get quite interesting um, I think for Latifi to score points he's going to have he's, he's got to have one hell of a race um, and, yeah. and, and a few Definitely. DNS from some other time I think as well <laughs> Now, just before we wrap up, last question. How do you rate Miami? How do you rate the race out of 10? Um, I can't say I paid much attention to it, to be honest, just because, I mean, as you mentioned, I think last week it was on quite late and I, was, <laughs> I had to get up at like 7 o'clock in the morning the next day. So, But from the highlights that, that I did watch, it was okay, I think. Um, and I'm just scrolling through social media people's have given it like twos and threes whereas you yeah, had some people giving it well actually it's, it's a seven or an eight so <laughs> so i'm not really sure which way to go i think a lot of the people giving it the lower rating was because of the tv direction and every time you saw a potential overtake they cut to shots of the crowd or something i personally can't comment on that because i <laughs> i didn't watch it live i've only seen the highlights um but from what i've seen yeah it was average at best i think um pretty a, a generous five i think is what i give it but that is partly because the action i did see wasn't it was okay it was decent i mean you had the overtake between uh verstappen and leclerc that was a really good move from verstappen i think you had the yeah, battle between perez and science as well and then was the incident between norris and gasly and uh vettel and schumacher um, but there's a there was a lot of nothing I feel like in that first half of the race, whereas the second half was a bit more action packed, but not compared to something like Russia last year, for example, when it choked it down with rain with the last five ten minutes. Um, yeah, but, but from what I've seen, I'll, I'll give it a five out of ten. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that one. I'd, I'd give it a five out of ten as well. I thought as soon as. The lights went out and uh, Verstappen went past Leclerc on lap nine. I just thought, you know what, I think Verstappen's, you know, set the tone of the race. I can't see him losing it. Uh, Then we saw Norris and his collision with Gasly on lap 41. Good battle with uh, Perez and Carlos Sainz. But yeah, I, I thought other than that, we didn't really get the excitement that Miami was supposed to deliver. Well, I don't well, I don't I don't mean supposed to, but it didn't really deliver that excitement that we all need to see. Um but yeah, five out of ten for Miami. I, I will just say one thing about excitement. I think the grid walk from Martin Brunder where he's just trying to find basically any F one driver and keeps bumping into all these celebrities. I I can't remember I know David Beckham was there, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. I can't remember who else was there, but just loads and loads of Venus sisters. Yeah, the yeah the the Williams sisters were there. Sorry, yeah, um, Williams sisters. And yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my head who else was there, but I mean him just. I mean, we we remember what happened with Megan T. Stallion the last year's yes, US Grand Prix. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, 
it's just that and I, I think it went viral or so i haven't properly seen it. i need to watch it but from the from the clips i have seen it it was, it was really entertaining perhaps more entertaining <laughs> than the race yeah indeed um well this is this has been the f1 top show we hope you've enjoyed the episode and uh do remember to follow us on our social media channels twitter on the f1 stop show our instagram as well with f1 stop show pod and you can also email us with any questions or comments you have at f1 stop show at gmail.com i've been your host sam Oni, and it's a goodbye from me bye-bye and it's a goodbye from wes bye-bye and we hope you enjoy the week ahead <laughs>